Monster Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening. This is the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. I am Brent. And I'm Jeff. And we're glad that you are you. And you're here with us this evening. Our final episode of this series to serve and protect a servanthood series through Philemon. It's where we started and finishing up Titus this evening. And uh, looking forward to a great episode. So you want to keep it locked right here as we move out tonight. We've got a lot of great music in store as well. Yeah, you're just going to want to stay here because it's going to be fun. Tonight's topic of the altar life is a sermon in the eyes of God, chapter 3 of Titus. And this is not only the last episode of the Servanthood series, it's the last episode of all three of our Servanthood series. That is correct. We went through 1 Timothy a long time ago, and 2 Timothy not as long ago, and now Titus and Philemon. Man, we got Servanthood pretty much covered. Pretty, as far as I'm concerned. So go out there and serve, folks, and protect, which is what this <laughs> this series is all about. But uh, we left off last week in chapter 3, verse 2, talking about how we should behave in the world, be subject and show humility and live peaceably. And uh, let's just jump in. I guess we can... Uh, let's start from verse 1 just to get a running start. I think that's good. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. And the reason, verse 3, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Whew. Sounds like a, a long rap sheet there, Paul. Yeah. But he's saying, you know, who are we to to live with hostility towards others because you know if not for the grace of god we would be right in the same boat and uh he lays out the list you know serving various lusts and pleasures and hate hateful and hating one another i'm like well aren't they the same thing but apparently not we're full of hate (laughs) and we hate one another so there's hate in our heart and then we're actually allowing that hate to be demonstrated towards other people and directed at other people so that's not a good place to be but what we're going to be talking about tonight is how God saw through all that and deemed us as as valuable as his son and made the great exchange of his son's life for ours. And that's just an amazing thing and how God sees us. Because a lot of times we'll see ourselves in that list of being full of malice and envy and lust and all these awful things. And that's how we see ourselves. But when God looks at us, that's not what he sees. And not only that, but when we were still living in sin and not even Christians, and believers, he didn't see that either. He saw what we would become, which is amazing in and of itself. So, thank stay God tuned to that. Yeah, thank great. God he doesn't see us that way. And uh, although it is sometimes a good thing to think back, you know, as Christians, if you've been a Christian for a while, sometimes you know you're so in the Christian culture that you <laughs> tend to lose sight of what it was like before you were a Christian. And uh, what you could be like if you weren't a Christian. And uh, it's a good sobering reminder to remember where we came from. All right, that was Starfield, Natural Disaster, which we all are without Christ. And um, Paul reminding the readers of this epistle to Titus that, um, you know, where we came from. Foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving lusts and pleasures. Not, you know, it's interesting how he says that, you know, because we're all servants we were all servants to sin and, and at, you know, 
not able to serve Christ, you know, serving a master that wasn't our savior. And that was the place we were at and serving pleasures. You know, it had us beat. We were, we were, uh, being whipped on a daily basis yeah. by these things. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I think that we often, when we're in those situations, we think it's like, I get to do what I want. You know, if I surrender to God, then I'm, I'm somebody else's slave or, you know, he's in charge, but we, that's the, the lie of the enemy is that we think that we're in charge originally. Really, we're serving that thing that we think we're free to do. It's actually underneath. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're under the yoke of that thing. Yeah, and it's bondage. Yeah, it's crazy Like how we can get so twisted up. He goes on from the description of what we were like, which isn't a fun list to read and uh, quite sobering tonight. And uh, it says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And we'll stop right there because it was when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. It wasn't when Christ came down and looked at our horribleness and said, you boys get a better get in line. You know, it wasn't a <laughs> flogging, another flogging. It wasn't another you know, you know, beat session. It was, you know, because easily Jesus could just, he's God. He could come and say, look, you know, you're screwing up and destroy us, you know. It was the kindness and the love of God that draws us to repentance, right? And and I'm just thinking about that, you know, it's that's what draws us, you know, and how is it so much different than the world? The world, you know, like we were just talking about it, puts people in slavery to the point where we're just beat up and when you see somebody who's been in sin and keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper into sin and you look at them at the end of their life and it's just like you can tell they've been through it they've getting beat up by the world and the enemy is there to destroy and here comes Jesus our savior with the kindness and the love of God you know to draw us to repentance and um you know, and he appears to us by not, by works of righteousness, which we have done. You know, it's not like we had to get it together, figure it out, right? Because we weren't capable. We were in the other list, in slavery, in bondage. Um, but according to his mercy, he saved us. You know, and if that doesn't excite you tonight, <laughs> man, that, that that is the gospel right there, you know. And uh, if that doesn't cause your heart to leap for joy and and cause you to want to serve him more and be more faithful in your life. Um, you know, that's what it does for me. I read that and I put myself in the in the list of horrible and thank God for his kindness and his love. And it continues on, you know, day after day. And it, I only learn more and more about who he really is as I keep living my life um, for Jesus. And so, man, what a good thing to meditate on tonight. What a great chapter. We're just looking ahead at some of the verses coming up, and we can't wait to dive in. Um, we're talking about a ser- being a servant in the eyes of God and how he, you know, he doesn't call us to serve him because he needs servants. He doesn't call us to serve him because we have the qualifications. You know, If, we have, if you haven't gotten that from our series, then um, you probably haven't heard the episodes, but <laughs> this is, this is the, a great culmination to what we've been talking about. You know, it's, we were... We were once this terrible lot of people, you know, and, and God came with his love. 
And I like what Brent said. It's you know, it wasn't just like Jesus came to Earth and that's when we realized that He loved us. Who it was the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And a lot of times we can like separate what God did versus what Jesus did. Like God wanted to judge us; He couldn't wait to to lay the hammer on us. And then Jesus was like, "No, God, don't do that. I'll die instead." It's like, no, that's not it at all. In like, the Bible, it's very clear that God worked it and orchestrated it from before the before time began, which we'll never understand. That this is how it would work. And Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. The will of the Father was that he would die for the people. It's not that Jesus came and it you know pleased what I mean? Like, him. Yeah, and, and it pleased God. You know, they worked together on this. It wasn't you know, a lot of times we think that God's like the angry dad and Jesus is like our really loving brother. We, you know, and we would never admit that. That's how we feel, but when we when we kinda try to process it and put images in our head, that's that's kinda how it ends up turning out. And it's not. It's but the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The washing of regenerate. When were we regenerated? When did that happen? Wasn't it not when we died on the cross with Christ and were raised again to new life when he was raised from the dead? We were regenerated. We were we were made new, new creations, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5. And so many people misconstrue the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, and, you know, we could probably use some of the next segment to talk about this a little bit, but, you know, just to to give it a little taste, washing and regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit to renew our souls. Um, We can't wait. As I was saying before the last two songs, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life to renew our souls, to wash us, you know, to wash us and renew us, you know. You know, I, I when we meet with the Lord in his word, and as the Holy Spirit just starts speaking and he starts moving in our lives, you know, it's for the it's for the benefit of renewing and regenerating us and and through the work of Jesus Christ was poured out on us abundantly you know more than we could ask or think and uh, you know that's so different than some churches think the Holy Spirit's role is you know they think it's to you know to make us do weird things or <laughs> the Holy Spirit's there to uh, give us some fantasy or some experience that you know, gives us some status of holiness in our lives. And it's like, no, 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 no. I missed the boat on that. Like it's healing. It's, it's solve on the, on the dry skin. It's, um, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's what softens us back up to hear the word of God and to experience who he is and washes us, you know? And, uh, where does that happen? It starts with his word as we, as we dig into his word and as the, the Holy Spirit just starts speaking to our hearts and, and regenerating us and washing us clean and not only just a little bit but a, we take a bath in it you know because jesus christ has given it to us abundantly isn't that awesome yeah and that just it makes me think i was i was reading ephesians 5 and you know the, the section on marriage and everybody talks about it in the context of marriage but really it's talking about the marriage of christ and his church and when you're talking about the regeneration and the washing and the, you know it says that he would wash with the water of the word. Right. And the word there for word is the is Rhema, which is the spoken word. Um, 
And it just made me, I was thinking about it and I was, you know, studying it and just thinking about that, like washing, you know, by the water of the word, making clean. And, you know, it made me think of like when he said to the leper, be clean. He just said it. You know what I mean? It's the spoken word. And it's the same idea here. Like the re- when you think of regeneration, you know, what happened with the lepers and the, the people, he was right. growing limbs back. He was, you know, right. when the people had the withered hand, they were, they were getting new. It was that's what Jesus did. That's what God, through Jesus, accomplished. Is he he spoke it and it happened, and we were made new. We were regenerated. Um, you know, that's that's according to His mercy, He saved us. That's what it says. So right, that was I feel so alive, capital Kings, and that's like what Jeff was just talking about. You know, how the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus and the Word of God cleanses us. You know, and washes us and the imagery there of you know growing back creating you know life out of death and um you know washing and purifying and you know like we were talking about a little bit last week where you know he he bought us and he and he his precious people and he shined us up and he you know stoked our hearts and cleansed us and 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 all that stuff is the work of jesus on the cross and Man, it's not just a, it's not just a fire insurance, God. It's not just I got you out of a bad situation, God. It's no, I, I've created parts of you that couldn't have been created any other way, and uh, the depth of what that really means, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I guess in, in in reality, what this these whole servanthood series is are about series is, um, is to serve God. You need to stop trying to serve him. And I think you said it earlier, but like seriously, if you look at it, God, the way we can serve God the way he wants to be served is to just rest in what he's accomplished for us. And then any heart, you know, any heart's desire we have to serve him, it's all, it's worship. It's not hands to the plow. I'm going to get this done for God because he needs me. And in order, you know, it's a dichotomy of scripture. In order to be a servant of God, you need to let God do all the work and not serve him at all. Yeah. You know, that, that seems really interesting. Thanks for listening to our friends, Brent and Jeff, on The Ultra Life. They rock. You know, unbelievable. The Ultra Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for our unbelievable segment. Tonight's topic, we're going old school. We're going classic unbelievable topic tonight you're like i've i don't know what new school is when you talk about old school uh <laughs> we're gonna talk about how unbelievable the milkshake is that's right the milkshake the, whoever invented the idea of combining ice cream and milk into a beverage is just utter genius yeah like seriously like try to come up with something that tops that oh i know what tops a milkshake whipped cream and a cherry <laughs> Yeah. Good luck topping that. Chick Fil A has has a good one with this white whipped cream and cherry on top. I like their. I'm a. I like banana stuff. So they have the banana pudding, which is only like seasonal or like for a limited yeah. time. I wish they just have it all the time. I would get that every single time. Really? Yeah. I don't I know what so it is. I'm so not a banana good. person. But it's not the fake banana flavor. It's like actual Real banana. banana. So See, that's, that's why it's good. That's what makes it good. Like I, I also like you know throwing like the chocolate chips in the in the thing because I like the at the end that they all kind of sunk to the bottom and you get yeah, to like, like scoop them out yeah. at the bottom. Oh, that's good stuff. Or like 
Uh, have you ever had like an Oreo milkshake where you get like the big chunks, chunks of it. Oreo? Yeah. At the end? Oh my gosh, milkshakes. Man, milkshake. You know what? And the funny thing is, you go to an ice cream store, and you don't, you don't want to. You, you tend to want to get ice cream because you're at an ice cream store. But there's always milkshakes on the menu. I'm always like, ah, milkshakes are really good, but I'm at an ice cream store. I should yeah. have ice cream. <laughs> it's hard to like find a situation where you're feeling comfortable about getting a milkshake, but they're so good when you yeah. get them. You're like, why didn't I get a milkshake? <laughs> I remember one time, and I don't think I've ever been this. I felt like it was like I got a lightning bolt to the brain, <laughs> and it wasn't brain freeze. It was just I, I was at an ice cream s- store, and they had all the different kinds of ice cream. And I was like, oh, peach. I'll try the peach. It was like all homemade, you know, really yeah. good stuff. And I tasted the peach on like their little plastic spoon thing. And I said, I want that in milkshake form now. <laughs> and it was the greatest decision I ever made. Nice. It was awesome. You broke through. Now, what do you, I have to ask you, do you like the extra thick or Yeah, I'm an chunky? extra thick. Yeah, really? I, like to, I like to scoop it out with my straw, like, you know, yeah. kind of half suck, you know, suck it through the like straw and half style. eat it. Yeah. yeah. See, I like... I don't know. I don't. I don't like it like real thin, but I don't like extra thick because then I'm like, it's like too much effort for what I want. Okay. Because I'm like, oh, and then I get like that weird feeling it. on your tongue. Yeah. I prefer like I'd rather almost have the the thinner consistency with the chunks in it because yeah. then you can like eat the chunks afterward. You know what I appreciate though about McDonald's is the big the big straw, the wide straw. Yeah. It, it facilitates the milkshake. It's very just well. for that. Like, they, they designed a milkshake straw. straw it's amazing. Right. It's you, genius. You don't get actually. that straw with, like, coffee. No. Or who drinks coffee with a straw? That was the stupidest analogy I've ever given. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and you got to hear it right, right here. Thanks a lot for tuning in to our final episode of our To Serve and Protect series. We are in Titus Chapter 3. And uh, we got lots more in store for you, so stick around in this next hour. We're really excited that you've tuned in and that you continue to stay on this spot of the dial. Yeah, we kind of left off with, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit and how he's been poured out on us abundantly and has the work of regeneration and renewing our hearts and our souls. And it says, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, which is the only way that could have been done through the work of Jesus on the cross, how he saved us, that having been justified by his grace... We should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And uh, positionally, you know, justifies us and removes the sin and gives us forgiveness and justifies us by his grace. Something we didn't earn, something we didn't do, was all Jesus on the cross. That we should become heirs. We inherit the riches of heaven, you know. And uh, according to the hope of eternal life. And forever, Ephesians says, you know, we've, we are considered blameless before to, to God through Jesus Christ. And with all spiritual blessings as our inheritance, that's just crazy. Like heaping blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And um, man, if that, if that doesn't encourage your heart, I'm not sure what does, what would. Yeah, I mean, the the quick analogy is mercy and grace, and how obviously mercy is like you did something bad, and I'm not going to punish you for it, which is what God's done for us. But by His grace, He's justified us. So His grace has made it as though we never did anything wrong ever. There's nothing on our record at all. It's as though we've never even set foot outside, (laughs) you know. Because as soon as I walk out the door, I sin, (laughs) you know. Usually, but in God's economy. 
by his grace, we've been justified. And not only that, but we get to be heirs, joint heirs with Christ. That's pretty amazing. And we had talked about this a little bit in hour one. The the trick question with this whole servanthood you know, topic is, or the secret mystery, whatever you want to call it, is in order to be a servant, we need to be a child and a, a son. And in the case of Christ, we are heirs if we're sons of God. Um, you know, this makes me think of the story of the prodigal son. Uh, I think a lot of times we read, as, as Brent said, you know, it's good to go back and see because it, who we were because we see what Christ did for us. Um, you know, with that, sometimes we get caught up in that and get bogged down and we're like, well, I'm not worthy then. Well, yeah, that that was that was pretty obvious at the beginning that we weren't worthy. That's why Jesus had to do the work. Um, but it just makes me think of the prodigal son. You know, when he goes off, leaves his family takes his father's money and just wastes it all, which is kind of like what we've done with our lives, to be honest, um, when we're apart from Christ. And then when he decides to come back, he says, I'm not worthy to go back as a son. So what I'll do is I'll work my way back. And that's what we often do. And the last thing we want to do with when talking about servanthood and, and talking about good works, like he, he's exhorting Tim, uh, Titus to, to, to be zealous for good works and those things, is to think that that earns favor with God. Because what we need to understand is that grace is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor from God. And because of that, that's what makes us want to do the good works. The good works have nothing to do with the grace. They're the out, the outworking of the grace already given to us. The work's already been done. So we don't want to get into that mindset where it's like, well, I'm working to pay back the debt that I owe God. Because that debt's been paid. And it's an insult to God to think that we could ever work it back and, and earn it back in the first place. And if you're kind of sitting here tonight thinking, well, you know, I really don't have the desire to do good works. I don't have the desire, or the zealous, um, the zealous picture and perspective on serving the Lord. You know, the place to start and the place to go back to is the cross, isn't it? It's back to the Savior, because as we read here, it's. It's all those things and meditating on what he's done for us and where he's brought us and how much he, the kindness and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. As Jeff was saying, you know, thinking about everything that Jesus has done now, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we, what God wants us to do because we're, we're madly in love with him. And it starts with, it starts with grace. <laughs> it starts with grace and the outworking of, of the Lord follows. <laughs> All right, that was You Did Everything by the followers, which is what we were basically talking about tonight. God did it all, and now we get to show our appreciation. I guess that's really the only way we can say it. It's not that we're giving back or or earning back what God has so freely given to us. It's just to show our appreciation for what he's done, which is why we serve him. And uh, he says in verse 8, This is a faithful, faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. So, you know, grace, we rest in grace. We rest in the fact that God has justified us, but we don't get lazy is basically what he's saying. We don't just say, all right, I'm saved. Now I can do whatever I want, you know, and that's, it kind of tie, it loops it all back around to like, what's our motivation, which was the very first servanthood episode that we did was the motivation of a servant, which was out of a, I forget, it was a pure conscience and a, a loving heart. There was there were things that are the the reason why we serve God. 
and and it comes full circle the reason why is because we were once foolish we were once darkened in our understanding but he out of the kindness and love of his grace has given us all these things through his son in G- you know jesus christ and it's important for us to remember that we got a couple more songs for you but we're so excited this has been such a great night is God enough in your life tonight? You know, that's a good good reminder and a challenge for us because he's done it all. He's done everything that um, we needed on the cross and the grace and, and everything that, you know, we could have possibly lost in this world, you know. He's given it all back to us, you know, and um, the right things. And, uh, you know, and as Jeff was saying, the reaction of our hearts to be to follow him, to serve him, to accomplish good works and you know he goes on for the rest of the chapter here and he says you know but avoid foolish disputes genealogies contentions strivings about the law why because it's about grace right and for they are unprofitable and useless (laughs) fruitless (laughs) reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition knowing that such a person is warped and sinning being self-condemned (laughs) that's pretty harsh yeah i know i'm just sitting there letting it sink in a little bit yeah it it ties in with the beginning of the chapter when he said to you know to show humility and be peaceable and gentle you know to bring it back around and be like don't let these guys get away with this you know people that just like to to have arguments for the sake of arguments over meaningless things like not even important things that have to do with doctrine or theology people are like well did you know that moses did write the pentateuch it's like dude like what is what's the point of that does it change what it means no be quiet (laughs) sorry i just get fired up sometimes i know you remember the the um in the beginning of titus when he was talking about the cretans and how they're an evil and uh lazy people and he's like that's a true saying well he's circling back around here at the end of the chapter you know end of this book saying well, don't forget about doing good works. Yeah. And it's in, it's cool because he didn't just tell them to go off and get busy yeah. to fix their laziness. He said, start with where it starts, which is fall in love with the Savior and understand his grace and understand his love and his kindness. And out of that will come forth, you know, all these good works. And will come forth stopping chasing all these fruitless rules and laws and things that don't, they're just unprofitable. They're just not worth it. Start with the Lord. Start with the Savior. And then upon that, you know, these lazy Cretans will get off their <laughs> couches and start, you know, start serving the Lord. And from a, with a heart that would bless and a heart that's prof, that ultimately that good work would be, it's as he says in verse 8 there, things, these things are good and profitable to men, you know. Um, because there's a lot of not profitable good works out there. And we want to uh, serve the Lord and have it be profitable in his kingdom. What a great night we've had tonight. And there's been several good nights as we went through this first, second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Man, it's just been so sweet. And hopefully, you know, we've just scratched the surface of what it means to serve the Lord with all of our hearts out of a, a heart and the motivation that is pure, purely for the glory of God, not because of anything that we can give. And we'll just finish up here. Verse 12. When I send Artemis to you, or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing. Check this verse out. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. So he wraps everything up with a nice neat bow, as he always does. 
you know, maintain good works, meet urgent needs so that we can be fruitful or, you know, so that we may not be unfruitful, which is a double negative. But um, verse 15, all who are with me, greet you, greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Amen. It's all about grace. It's all about the grace and the love of the Lord and being fruitful for his kingdom, serving the Lord out of a heart that's just in love with Jesus and understands the grace of God. And, uh, man, that's what servanthood's all about, isn't it? Just serving the Lord out of a, out of a love and a worship for who Jesus really is. And, man, just an encouragement tonight to, to live out of that life instead of out of duty. And uh, last song we have is Small Town Poets, but until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. <laughs>